Good evening to you, Ms. Matsiri Somadia. How are you? I'm very good. A little bit cold. Very cold. But in good spirits. So I'm easy. I'm good. Story of my life too. Everybody's cold. Winter has certainly entrenched itself proper now. And it might even be as cold in the DA with the latest <laughs> salvo that has come through. They're taking voting online for the most part in this country unprecedented. Perhaps there might be politicking within the political space of the Democratic Alliance. Umbalinduli has made her views known, as has Helen Zilla, in response to that as the federal chairperson. What are your thoughts on what's currently taking place in the DA? Um, it's not surprising, you know. I think you said you spoke to John earlier. John Steenhazen wants a mandate. You know, he thinks it's his for the taking. He wants a mandate badly. Doesn't want to go into local government elections being an interim leader. Now, that in itself is up for debate. You know, a lot of people are asking what is the motive behind the argument of you don't want to go into local government elections being an interim leader. So you've got people like Mbali, as well as John Moody, the Gauteng leader, who's also a candidate for the leadership role, who are completely left in the dark. I mean, people have forgotten that John Moody exists or that he wants to be leader of the DA because they've suspended their campaigns. But the only person we hear and see is the interim leader of the DA. So I think a lot of debate is going to ensue. There is a federal council that's coming up in July. I think it might be messy. But I expect to uphold the decision of going to conference in October. From what little you've just said, could this be the straw that breaks the camel's back? The DA has jumped from one fire to the next for the longest time now. They clearly have systemic problems now. This is what happens when you develop a bit of a life in the political space, when you are in governance because they've been controlling now the Western Cape for the longest time and Cape Town City in particular. And there's clearly some of the rogue elements that they thought were only in the province of the ANC. It comes with the territory of being in governance. And increasing your membership, of course, they might have dropped their membership in the last national election. But the reality is the DA is now becoming a proper and fully fledged political entity in the greater discourse of South African politics. And they are dealing with what typically happens in the party that's in the majority. Could this now be what will ultimately prove to be its undoing? I don't think this will be its undoing. You know, um, will people leave? If this goes ahead and conference does take place in October and John emerges as a leader, will people leave? Absolutely. I know some within the DA who are already in talks with him and Mashaba. Uh, you'll remember him as the Jobek mayor who left the DA after Musima Manirazan is leader. Some people are in talks with him about his people's dialogue and whether or not that's a fit for them. You know, saying, look, if this goes ahead the way that they're planning, that's, it's, there's no room for people like us in the DA. So... They'll leave. The party will go to the elections. I think what will happen is it'll shed even more people come 2021. When we go to those elections, I think the DA is at risk of shedding voters. From some insiders, they're well aware of that too. And it's a risk that they're willing to go into because they are trying to reposition the party. Remember, the arguments in all this mess and this murkiness have been that there are people who are the purest believe that the party needs to go back to its old values where its interests really are the minority at the heart of it. And then there are people who align to Lucy Maimane's vision of diversifying the party, trans- uh, transforming certain aspects of the DA and how it does things and how certain leaders look, you know. There's always been this, this old white guard that's in parliament, white faces, you need to change that. So there were people who were agitated for things like that. And 
they are starting to feel like there might not be room for them to exist and they are eyeing the people's dialogue. I wouldn't call this the the what the store that'll break the camel's back, but we are well on our way. If legs are are buckling under the pressure, that I can see. Hi Songezo. I feel sorry for Mbali. Helen Zilla has already confirmed John to become the leader because Helen has spoken. Watch the space. Your response to that and Helen Zilla's response to Mbali's letter. I think Helen Zilla is such a consummate politician. I always say she is one of my favorites to watch because she's always a step ahead, you know. Even when she was dealing with Musi Maimani last year, many said by the time Musi Maimani figured out what she was trying to do, she would have done it. And in this case, I think Mbali is, is tenacious and she's smart and she tries, eh? I think she tries to maneuver and Helen tries to close the gap. I looked at Helen's letter to the public representatives and without mentioning Mbali she answered all of Mbali concerns, you know. Uh, Mbali saying that you can't have a protected conference where people are logged in all the time from far-flung areas where there's connectivity issues. Helen was like, but the conference is only going to deal with one issue, just elect a leader, one. Secondly, where there's connectivity issues, we will go and provide support. The issue around annual general meetings that do a lot of the, the nominations and discussions, those not being able to take place, is that, well, we've got two provinces that we already that are already ahead in this process, you know. She speaks about the Eastern Cape and Northern Cape. We already have the Northern Cape ready to be a pilot project to see how this will go. So Helen is good at being a step ahead all the time. I'd never feel sorry for somebody like Mbalintu, because Mbalintu is a political player. You know, she is, as I said, tenacious, she's smart enough, and I think she's brave. I think politics requires a level of, you know, that level of bravery that Mbali often shows. I mean, to randomly say, as young as you are against this mammoth beast, where it looks like John Steenhazen, all of this is his for the taking, to say, actually, no, John, my name is Mbali and I'll contest you. You've got to applaud that on some level. Some might call it absolutely stupid, but I think you applaud that. And I also think, just looking at the dynamic of becoming a leader, you know, part of the question around John Steenhazen is about legitimacy. You know, he also seems to think that once he shares off the interim aspect of his role, he'll gain legitimacy. But there are a lot of questions about that kind of legitimacy with an election license, with so many questions when candidates, even before the conference, are questioning how it will go, speaking about the security, about whether it will be free and fair. And I also wonder if somebody like Mbali wants to step back, what would that mean? I wouldn't want to walk into the post as John Stianazen. As a politician, you want to fight for it and you want to win it. And I think I wouldn't put past that. someone like Mbali. Sorry, uh, yeah? uh, no, I wouldn't post the fact that somebody wouldn't want to walk in unopposed. In fact, the less competition under normal circumstances, probably the better. I understand where you're coming from with that in terms of just the ability for you to claim the title. But look, if you want to get into a position, you probably want to go <laughs> the road less traveled. I don't think you want that in politics. Especially when all you've dealt with all along is questions around your legitimacy and ability to do the job. You want to be the best man left standing, not just to randomly open your hands and inherit it. That's where I differ. I think politics is a game of wits. It's a game of strategy. And he who has the best wins. And I think you want to be able to see your leader navigate that within your party. Okay. If I was a party member, I'd want to see the, 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 the survivor. I but, want to see you out with our play and win. Okay, fine. So, Let, let's know. work with you. Let's work with you on this very last <laughs> point. You do want to contest and ultimately be the last person standing. Let me accept that for the sake of this argument and point I'm about to make. Earlier on, we have agreed among ourselves that 
it is essentially on current facts in terms of the rhetoric that's coming out of the DA, in terms of the face of the DA, in terms of the DA being in the news, albeit under COVID-19 regulations, it's all John Steenhuisen. So currently, it's only him in the reckoning. In reality, it's only him who people are seeing. As you have said, all the potential candidates are now on the periphery. So why then is it difficult on that account alone to say no? Under these circumstances, I cannot push my name forward for an election because it's pretty clear I've got a grossly unfair advantage for the reasons you have since advanced. In other words, from an ethical position and from claiming the title, I don't want to win this way. Let us wait. Wait until when? I don't know, but let us wait. Certainly not like this. Why would what would that? Why would that be different? Difficult. I think that would be difficult because of motive. You know, earlier I said to you that while John says he wants a mandate, many have argued around why he wants a mandate. Now, as an interim leader, saying, let's push, let's hold on, right? You then are tasked with going to elections. That's the other issue here, is that we are close to the election, supposedly if they're still possible, you know, with the IEC's current concerns. We are close to the elections. You've got to now make a decision about what that means for you as an interim leader. Projections are that the party is going to do badly. That means your yearning to become a leader is not going to be long-lived. It will be a short-lived experience because the minute the DA does badly, who do you then point at? Mutimia Mani is a great example of that explanation. The minute the party does badly, all of that goes on the shoulders of whoever's at the helm at the moment. So why would John then want that in an interim capacity? You know, a lot of people are then saying, yeah, but John wants to be able to influence the list behind the scenes, saying that if he is leader by the time they go to local government elections, he has the ability to influence the way people think and who gets on lists, who goes to municipalities. But over and above that, no matter what happens in the elections, his position is still his. You don't have to still face an election and then leave. So I'm able to look at it from both ends, you know. Ideally, I understand the argument of, um, of John is the face, let him just be. But I also understand the argument of John not pushing back, not saying I'll hold off, you know, um, saying that because of COVID, I am the face. It's an unfair advantage. But also politics teaches you that people will take, a, take that uh, unfair advantage, wouldn't you? Let me ask this because I let, let's suspend this line of argument that we've engaged. <laughs> okay. In, in, in terms of you and me, we are, let's say, DA members and I am not. I'm going to get confirmation at some point that there will be a conference. How does this conference take place? How do I, as a member, participate? How do I, as a member, satisfy myself that whoever those candidates who are there in the reckoning for the party leadership before I cast my vote have sufficiently given me their views, visions and manifesto for the party for the next term? And which is more, in reality, how is my online interaction and participation in this conference going to be like? Have you any sense as to how practically this is going to take place? I think that's what Helen Zilla attempted to answer to public representatives in the letter that she sent out. So she kind of went through what is possible and what isn't. The issue of engaging, you know, as a, as a, as a member, you want to know who to vote for and what they're offering is. In that regard, she said that they'll have town halls. They will organize ways for the candidates to engage delegates and for delegates to ask them questions with regards to their offerings. And then she kind of spoke through how they will manage the actual campaigns, taking into consideration issues of high data costs, far-flung areas with bad connectivity, excuse me, with bad connectivity and how that how that will be navigated, saying that they have a head of campaign, a technical head of campaigns, 
who is currently looking at the best model to also make sure that those votes are, are secret, are casting secret ballots. So people aren't ousted for voting for whoever they want to and then punished uh, at a later stage. If you recall the report that was done in the DA last year, there is a culture of fear that they speak of. There's a culture of retribution if you speak out that has been identified in the party. So Helen Zillow said that that wouldn't be the case. They'll try and put, they'll do their best. They will ensure, rather, that everybody's protected in the process. So they are looking at systems, but ultimately they want to be able to identify their delegates, go see their delegates in far-flung areas and see what the issues are and figure out ways of offering technical support. I'm hearing a lot of platitudes here. These are nice things to have, (laughs) but I mean, there's absolutely no way of guaranteeing any of that, first of all. I think I agree with that. Secondly... This is the most important vote a member of the DA within the exercise of one's rights in the DA can ever exercise. One's party leader. Three, there's absolutely no precedent of them having done this for a lower level election within the party, so to speak. Not only is this not clear for a person who is in the DA and who doesn't have the benefit of having cited Helen Zilla's response, which is a response to an announcement that they made. So presumably in my thought, in my thinking, the announcement should have come with the modalities, if not the modalities come before, potentially give members an opportunity to express their views on that and then come to the decision of saying we will now go online. We've contemplated the trepidations, fears and even the advice has been contemplated for the purposes of coming to this decision and then perhaps have Mbalinduli write a letter and then Helen Zilla respond to that letter based on what they've already said and have satisfied themselves in terms of the practicality of running this online thing. I'm hearing platitudes. There's absolutely no precedent of this done before. And generally speaking, South Africa is not an online community and society. What makes the DA think it might be particularly different in this sense for something as important as this vote is? I think that's a question you must, uh, one, pose to the DA, Sangezo. I'm on the outside just like you. I'm also looking at this as in what can they offer. And they don't have answers. I mean, Helen has a vision, and that's what she's pointed out in the letter. And whether or not they get to it will depend on what they put in, right? Unless I, I, I misunderstand it. But they have meetings still to discuss this. They also, remember, have a federal council to vote on whether this is a thing to do or not. This Mm -hmm. is a federal executive recommendation that still needs to be uh, secured or guaranteed or approved, rather, by the federal council. That hasn't said that's sitting in July to make a decision about it. And all the questions you've put on the table now are questions the DA has to answer itself, you know. Mm -hmm. These are these platitudes. The DA must think about whether that is the case or not. Or if they buy into what Juice Helen is making, into what Helen is proposing. That's what the party has to deal with. So, well, let's take calls. 0891-104-207. WhatsApp voice notes. 0614-104-107. Your thoughts on the Democratic Alliance going for its elective conference only for the purposes of electing its federal leader. Of course, it has not been widely received, certainly from Balinduli's perspective, to which Helen Zilla has responded. I want to know what your thoughts are. Remember the rules of the call. Remember the rules of the voice notes. We take your calls immediately after this. SAFM, leading the conversation. Call Songhez or now. 0891-104-207. He's told us many times over he was a supporter and member of the ANC and Mandela was the name that was oftentimes used. Are you a member of the DA, Mike, in Newlands? Good evening. <laughs> Good evening, Songhez. And proudly, yes, I am indeed. I'm like, 
No bones about that. And I joined the DA actually as a result of somebody on this. One of the presenters at SAM had said to me one day, they said, why don't you hang your hat somewhere? And after leaving the ANC, I had to hang it somewhere, and I'm glad I hung it with the DA. And I, I, uh, I have to say that it's, I find the DA situation quite interesting, and, and, and it's almost, uh, they're always interpreted somewhat, you know, I'm listening to the tone of this conversation, as the enemy. You know, one thing, a reason why I, what attracted me to the DA was the honesty and the lack of race. Um, lack of? A lack of the race issue. Yes. Uh, for, for example, Kathy this morning said on her show, uh, that she she had some interview with somebody who's apparently an expert in these kinds of elections, or not an expert, but was trying to pontificate on how she thought the thing would go. But unfortunately, Kathy doesn't get the DA onto the show, which she never does, but they like to talk about the DA. And the first thing she said when she opened the show this morning was the fact that it might, in fact, uh, how did she put it, uh, um, uh, uh, act bad against blacks, simply because they're implying the connectivity and the whole thing. Uh, and I just thought that was a very negative thing. You, you're talking about the straw that breaks the camel's back. Well, listen, I am a member of the DA, mm. and the one thing that sticks to me about the DA, and the one thing I stick to the DA for is, for all its faults, Yes, it is an honest government. It has an honest outlook on race. It doesn't worry about the color of your skin. So the fact that John Stearnason might be white or black is of no interest to me uh, at all. It does. It runs an honest municipality or honest municipalities. It's never been involved in any scandals of, of, of that that are really we can talk about. We're not talking about, you know, if we look at the ANC with Maricana and Issa Domeni, uh, you know, all these terrible scandals. The DA has never been any of that, and so that's the reason I stick with the DA. I'm listening to your, your you know, this whole thing about um, Sangez about how this elections are going to go forward. Well. I'm not even sure. I mean, I'm a member of the DA, but I didn't even know anything has yet been decided. And I certainly do not think for a second that the DA is going to try and run this kind of election uh, that might in any way exclude anybody from voting. I honestly do believe that. And in any event, if they were to exclude the rural areas, that would be the so-called black people that everybody loves to talk about. They would be excluded. Well, that would make no sense. The DA wants to get everybody included into the election. So I find, I just find this whole debate a bit bizarre, quite frankly. At the end of the day, the DA doesn't have to fight for anything. It runs an honest government. It's proved it's an honest government. The ANC is as corrupt as the day is long. So where is the, why are they the enemy? Why are we not being more positive about the DA. Why no, the DA is not the enemy if I may engage. Um, the DA is not the enemy, not my enemy anyway. I don't know if it's CD's enemy, but it isn't the enemy. Mm. We were engaging something <laughs> which in a South African context is completely novel. And I wouldn't, and I think it's also my responsibility to engage what they are looking to introduce in a very critical and sacred space. Let me for the moment be a DA member and one who is trying to engage this matter. And I'm glad you called because you are a DA member who has a different perspective to what I have on the novelty of an online election. I don't know where it has ever happened before in this country. Mm. So Only to respond line. to one point, sorry to interrupt you. I, I, I think you are misguided in your reality of South Africa when you say the DA doesn't have anything to fight for. First of all, the DA has got those 80 seats it lost in the last election to fight for. And then it has everything to fight for to get a 50 plus one majority for the DA to qualify 
as the people of South Africa when they speak and speak with a sense of authority on behalf of the South African context and the South African narrative and agenda. I think that's what the DA is trying to fight for. I would imagine a political party is in politics especially to try and achieve that. Otherwise, I don't think they've got anything to add if they don't have such aspirations. So in the sense of the DA have nothing to fight for, I think I disagree with you. I'm not going to get into the other aspects that you have said because I think we'll need a bit more time. I want to give an opportunity to Tzidi to respond, who's also been part of this conversation. Mike, thank you for your time. Thank you. All right. All right, thank you so much, Mike. Well, this is interesting things that Mike has said. Um... The, the, he attaches some weird exceptionalism to the DA. Um, I'm not too sure if that's, that's fair, you know, because the DA is no different from any other political party. It has problems, like every other party in this country. Um, to think that it is kumbaya in the DA, I don't think that that's all right, you know. Um, and I think that that's um, being blind. Even if you attach the narrow political party glances at it, I think that's really problematic. I also think that... Um, the fact that he then said that he doesn't know what's happening with regards to this online, this virtual election, is quite concerning. As a DA member, one would assume that you know, but it speaks to what Mbalin Tuli raised as an issue, saying that um, people don't know. They heard about this via the media. So there is a gap, there's a lot somewhere of communication between the party and its members, and maybe those of federal council and the like, about what is happening and how this is going to unfold. The fact that he said he doesn't know for me is, is, is proof of that. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. The issue of not seeing color, I think that is also part of the DA's problem. I think that there has been a voice within the past that's trying to go with that narrative, trying to find expression over the past few years or so. But the issue with that is when you make that argument, and I remember when Musi was first elected in PE saying, if you can't see that I'm black, then you don't see me. So when you want to still argue that you don't see color, it means that you don't see the issues in our country, the gaps, the inequality, the injustices in our country. Then how do you seek to be the party that's in charge and that rectifies them when you don't see them? When you don't see color, then you can't see how color has played a role in the state of a country. Hold that thought. So, Hold okay, that thought, CD. I'm going to give you an opportunity to continue responding. I do want to take Usbu in Dobsonville before the news break. Good evening, Usbu. Thanks for holding. Good evening, Senator. Yes, sir. That's a denial of ETA about the issues of racism and the imbalances of the past. That's why they'll never win, even a single lot in any township, including Dobsonville, where Umusi comes from. He never won even a single lot. Even on his own street, people didn't vote for him because of this denialism of racism. But regarding this virtual uh, election, you know, Helen Zille and uh, remember the South African Institute of Race Relations, they stated in regard to the Western Cape, they want a white man to rule that province. They call him in the name of Alan Wind. Now they are parachuting Uchonstein Hazen, one of the racists in this country that I know of. The guy is so arrogant, you can see in parliament. They want to parachute him into the position of that uh, leadership of the day because they want to win back those right-wingers who voted for a freedom front. By going through this virtual election, they are clearly denying many of these rented blacks that they normally have so that they could not vote for Umbalindud. This is clear policy would Now they want to adopt any racist attitude and any racist policy by any means necessary. We got you. You, you remember, just to conclude, when I saw that, 
in terms of their policy, you got 30 seconds, to please. The black economic empowerment. They said they want to apply a one size fits all. It said what they failing to understand. In this country, we have a history of racism and apartheid. Then, if you are saying you are going to implement a one size fits all, meaning that you are denying the existence and the consequences of apartheid, that we find life today in, in our country. Excellent. Thank you very much, Subu in Dobsonville. Mike in Durban, you are the last caller. Take us to the news, please. Watch your time at 22 hours. Please stop talking. The DA and white attitude. Uh, listening to the guy from Newlands uh, tells me that what I read, this whole DA thing, the reason they've done so bad in the last election is because of Musi Maimani. I think they need a guy like John Steenhazen to get the white votes. They cannot survive without the white votes. So they'll always remain a white party, and you'll get guys like the guy from Newlands with that kind of attitude. They will never build bridges in this country. 2059, short and sweet. Mike, thank you so much. Matsidiso? Ma'am, yes. everything you've heard, we will give you, please, with your indulgence, some two to th- two to four minutes after the news break to respond. I really don't want to step on the very cold and frostbitten toes <laughs> of the newsreader, my good friend, Greg Hoos. So we're going to take him now All for good. the news break. You return after with the analysis finally on the couple of comments that have since been made. And perhaps you might even take time to finish up the point you were making in response to our dear good friend, otherwise, Mike in Newlands. It's 20, 20 hours, 59. I'm just trying to waffle until it says 2100. Okay. Anyway, Greg, take it over, brother. Songezo Mapete on The Viewpoint. Hi, Songezo. The DA, basically, uh, what they're doing is, is unfair because now they are disadvantaging the already disadvantaged uh, members or supporters. So basically, uh, they know that uh, the black people that are supporting ETA, uh, most of them, they they don't have resources such as internet, uh, computers, and all those things. So they are already being disadvantaged. Hi, Songezo. Uh, I I think the GA is just a sinking ship. First, it was Lindwe Mazibuko. Remember, they used her to get the black votes. And then didn't work. She left the party. Then it was Musimaimane. Whatever is going on there, really. And for them to choose this guy, this white guy who's always running his mouth, making a whole lot of noise. I don't think they're going to win the race. If he's not scared, if they didn't select him because of his white, let him run for the local government elections. Let it be a fair race. Thank you. Good evening, good evening, this is Tapiolo. Well, the decision of the DA to contest the elections online is a, is a great initiative. I support it. It's a great initiative. However, uh, they must make sure that everyone who is going to participate is uh, equipped enough in terms of the technological necessity. Thank you very much. As we round up the conversation as it pertains to the DA's proposal for an online voting platform, 
at its Federal Congress for the purposes of electing its leader and only its leader. We are in discussion following Balinduli's letter to the Federal Committee, to which a response has already been given by Madam Helen Ziller, who is the party's federal chairperson. For some reason or the other, we're struggling to get back to you, Matsiriso Madia, who was the guest in discussing this particular matter. So what we shall propose to do is probably move on to the next story.